Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. Well, hello. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our rum. J.Ill, the podcast. It is a pleasure to be here with you. This is Jill Scott, and I'm here with my sister friends who they are, but I'm always, always going to tell their names because I just want to make sure, make certain that this might be your first time listening to J.Ill, the podcast, but uh, here goes. I have the lovely Aja Graydon Danzler. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's me. That's who I am. Bonjour. I'm the brilliantly witty. Out of my head. <laughs> Laius St. Clair. I had a whole like bonjour, mon ami, shoo, shoo, shoo. and here oh. come Asia with the bonjour. That's all right. What's up, y'all? Whatever. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening to us today. Uh, we have a very, very interesting conversation because you know that's what we do. We like to have conversation that sparks conversation and fiction. Hmm. Mm. So, I saw something recently. Uh, I think it was. Uh, Lala, uh, and she had talked about marriage and how marriage um, is like miserable for people. And I, I thought that was really sad. First off, I mean, as a two-time divorcee, you know, I've got to be honest with y'all all, all the way there. Mm-hmm. I know that it can be uh, kind of miserable, but I think that happens when you've got the wrong motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You just got the wrong person. You pick the wrong person. They don't have the the uh, the in the same kind of dreams or goals or determination to reach those goals either. And that's, that's like, that's sad. I mean, to, to be with anybody, but it's you know, okay. It happens. I'm, I'm, it does happen. It yeah. does happen. There's ways around that. I'm, I'm sure. Um, one probably taking your sweet time and finding somebody that, uh, you know, actually suits you or you could get lucky. You could get lucky, really, mm-hmm. really lucky, super blessed by meeting somebody uh, like Aja Graydon Dantzler. Uh, you yeah, meet somebody like, you like trip up, boom, there's somebody. Rock'em, sock'em robot right rock out the em, gate. Rock'em, sock'em robot. 
Yeah. Just, hey. hey. Thank you to walk hey. away. <laughs> Let's have a thousand kids. <laughs> Let's just have a thousand of them. Let's just have a whole lot of those. You know, I mean, some people want to, you know, make a whole bunch of money together. But ultimately, I think people really want to, if they're going to get married, they they ultimately want to enjoy life together. Right. Everybody. Yeah. That's the yeah. goal. I hope. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to enjoy the life enjoy. that you're living. Yes. You know, as a, as as a general rule, like, no, I'm not absent of challenges, but, you know, to have a, a, a deep sense of joy. Yeah. A deep sense of joy. Well, today um, we've got some people here. Huh? We got some people. I'll tell you all about them. Huh? There's a poly, the poly couple next door. Ooh. Um, follows the marital journey of Mickey Bay and Raheem Ali from getting engaged on their first date. First date. They got engaged on their first date. Mm. Marrying 90 days later to deciding to have an open marriage after four years of monogamy. They take you along as they learn the ins and outs of open relating in a polyamorous lifestyle. Now, after seven years of marriage, most people, you know, a lot of people don't make it past five, y'all. Okay. Uh-huh. Come okay. on. I'm one of them. Actually, it's 50%. That's, right. actually the, that's actually the number. That's Damn. when the shit really starts hitting the fan. Okay. Wow. Wow. So after seven years of marriage, Mickey and Raheem have decided to publicly share their story in hopes of educating people on the options. Uh huh. That ah. say that options that exist in relationship structures, and they are here with us today. They're going to talk to us about polyamorous relationships because there, uh, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about it. So a lot of people think that y'all just wilding. You know, they're, they're, just like, swinging. Oh, well, no rules. Just everybody get to do everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which welcome, can't Mickey be Bay that. and Raheem Ali. Thanks for coming. And they thank black. you. And they and black. black. Thank you, Laia. And they black. So, thank you, Laia. Let's start there. Let's yes. start there. Because <laughs> I know some of y'all are sitting there like, uh-uh. What in the white people in this? Right. What <laughs> type of white skin? Yeah. <laughs> All no. the way black. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, no, yes, thank you. yes. Thank you for it's a thank hell of a story. You. So yeah, we had to have y'all on because I don't think there's another story out there like this, right? I don't think so. I think we're probably the only ones to at least say it. You know that we were mm. married in 90 days after getting engaged on the first date, and now we're in an open marriage. I haven't heard that anywhere else. Let's go. Let's start from the beginning. I don't even know. Should we start from the beginning, y'all? I don't even know if it's, you started at the beginning of when did. I would love to know. How did you know? Like, how did you I like know how she tells it. I like how she tells it. So go okay. and tell it, boo. So what I will say is that at that time in my life, I was very spiritual. I was very religious and I was fed up. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. I was single, 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 single. And I just looked up and I said, you know what, God, I know that I'm a wife and I'm just going to give this to you because I can't take it anymore. So it was during Lent. I went on a fast. And during that fast, I started feeling what I thought was my husband's energy coming closer to me. And I had asked for some specific things. I said, I'm so tired of dating. Please let this man see me and know that it is me. So when I met him on that first date, we went to get pancakes in the Valley and we only had one conversation the night before. We get there, he hugs me and immediately when he hugged me, I knew that he was my husband because I had been having a reoccurring dream since I was 26 
about this man who was dark skinned and bald. I couldn't see his face, but he hugged me in the dream. And I could feel the, when he hugged me, I felt the exact same energy and I was like, this is him. So then when he asked me about 45 minutes into the conversation, would I marry him? I initially said no. And he said, why? And I said, because I want a better proposal. So I went to the bathroom, came back. He made me a ring out of the paper packets, the sugar paper packets, and proposed to me outside the front of this pancake place. And it was a million people because it's a Sunday in LA for brunch, right? So it's a million people outside. Gets down, asks me to marry him with my whole government name. And I say yes. And literally, we are strangers at this point, right? So that particular day, he was moving from L.A. to go back to Philly. And so we literally went back to his empty apartment and tried to figure out if we were really engaged. And I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. He's like, you for real? I'm for real. Are you for real? I'm for real. So we just said, you know what? Why don't we go ahead with your plan to move back to Philly and let's see how it goes long distance. But that did not work out. He ended up moving back to L.A. Two weeks later, we got into Christian marriage counseling the very next day. Did that for 11 weeks and got married the day after we graduated. Girl, see, you need to yeah. come back and talk about this separate from the polyamory, y'all. That's a whole other. That's a whole other. But I'm yeah. so glad you said this. First of all, every part, every bit of me is filled with glee because. Number one, like. I think it's so important for people who are listening, who are Christian or who are Abrahamic religion based to sit, to listen to you say, this was your starting space, right? Because a lot of times people think that all kinds of people get to the end of the road without any of that as a foundation. They want to throw those things out there. And I'm not assuming what people will think. I'm just glad that that is a part of your story because it takes away that immediate like response of like defensiveness that I think people would have at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have been calling us godless. I mean, they have been saying every, we we have been called everything under the sun. But I expect that. And really, my reason, my reasoning for wanting to have this conversation out in the open in a very public format is because we as Black people need to know that we have options in everything, mm. including how we relate to people. And so much of our lives, we default just to mm. what our parents wanted, what is expected of us from society. And we have to fit into this little box. Mm -hmm. And my reason for this is just to say, my way might not be your way, but maybe there is a way for you not to be miserable in your marriage, for you to be able to actually grow old with someone. Because I am a completely different person than I was seven years ago when I got married. Mm -hmm. uh, I, like, I don't even recognize her, right? Mm. So... And, and if we stay married 25 more years, I'm probably going to be seven more people. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the idea is not that, you know, the person that you're marrying today, God willing, is not the same person 25 years later. You want to be no evolving and you want to be <laughs> exactly. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I did not choose my husband. I allowed God to choose my husband. And therefore, we have been able to make it through so much. And we've had a lot. My mother died the very next day after I met him. Mm. So and then his best friend died six months later. So we mm -hmm. were grieving the first few years of our marriage on top of getting to know each other, on top of leaving L.A. to start a life in Houston, on top of getting my my bonus daughters coming to live with us two weeks after we got married. I mean, mm -hmm. we had it thrown at us. 
More Real Talk after the break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So you guys were clearly not really afraid of like therapy and counseling and stuff like that because you started in that space. Once you guys realized, okay, we have jumped into something that we both want deeply, but it has come with, like you said, grief with, uh, you know, extended family. Mm. It has come with, you know, uh, distance, all of these things. What was the thing that you all decided to do together to address these kind of really large overarching issues that could have really literally broke you up? Yeah. And talk about, too, where you were in your head, Ed, because I love that we got your perspective, but you had to be able to receive. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a lot of people always ask me, how could I do this on the first day? Right. Mm-hmm. Obvious question. And I always tell people is it was the vulnerability of where we were together. Right. I was in L.A. for I was in L.A. for four years. L.A. had did the thing to me. it just did not work out. Like was there. Like was there at the end. Um, L.A. was just not working out. So when I met her, the first message that I sent to her on a dating app where I, I felt that I shouldn't have been anyway, because I was literally moving in a week. So we had breakfast and what what was evident to me is that if we can always be this honest with each other and this vulnerable, we can conquer anything because I was on my last. I was literally moving back to Philly that afternoon. Mm. Like literally we had breakfast at nine. I was taking a train from L.A. to Philly at like four. And when she asked me to breakfast that morning, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to meet you. But I'm literally out in a couple hours. My daughters, my, we all lived in L.A. My daughters and their mother lived in L.A. 
they dropped me off. They were going to take me to the train station because I, I lost my car. Like everything bad was happening in my life. And I said, you know what? What I mean, one little shining moment before I leave L.A. All right, let's go to breakfast. Right. And it was the vulnerability. And that goes into which your question, Aja, is. I said and we said that if we can just be vulnerable and, and have transparency and honesty with each other through all the things that we know is going to trip us up, we can survive. Like we had a really rough 2022. But at the end of the day, we said, you know what, let's get back to what we said we were going to do. Be honest with each other, be vulnerable. And it's not the most uh, it's not the simple thing. Right. But we always try to go back to the point with, you know, what, let's just be vulnerable. Right. Because like she said, we are going to continuously change and we're changing literally right now. And the fact that we could still remain vulnerable, even when it's really, really tough, is what helped us get through all of these changes. And it's been a up and down seven years, but we've lived in five different states. We live in six different cribs. You know, my daughters had a rough year last year. They're in Delaware now. So they're in college. You know, we have a three-year-old son, almost four. Like, so we, we've been dodging a lot of things, but at the end of the day, we've decided that the honesty, the vulnerability, even when we struggle through it, um, is, is like the common denominator for us. I'm looking here at you also, the two of you have a, a skill set, you know, um, for, for, for anybody um, listening here, understand that Mickey Bay is a relationship expert and life coach specializing in manifestation and emotional regulation. Okay. Like that's okay. Okay. <laughs> emotional regulation. Okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, uh, that's a good partner to have. Uh, I wasn't that seven years ago, though. Got it. Right? So, so you know, you again, learned. the evolution. Yes. And the evolution of, I mean, I've been everything from a celebrity makeup artist, lash, lash uh, owner. You know, I had a business in L.A. I was an eyelash extension um, technician. So I've done done a lot of different things and he's been with me on that journey and I, I think the good thing to know is that good relationships still go through bad times and don't make the bad times the culmination of what you are and know that this is a conflict that can actually cause you to go deeper with your mate and I always look at people who say like oh we, we've been together five years and we haven't ever had an argument I'm like well y'all not being real Right. You're not giving yourself even an opportunity to go below the surface with this person that you're with, who is multifaceted. Right. And you're not even giving yourself an opportunity. Conflict is a gift. And when people are conflict avoided, they're really um, not allowing themselves to grow for themselves, for their own evolution and also not allowing the growth of the relationship. And you picked a partner who would later uh, become a up-level communication coach. What is up-level? What, what does that mean? Up-level is a system. It was developed by a woman named uh, Kenya K. Stevens. You, you've probably seen her, even if you haven't noticed. Like She's like the poly queen. She's the one with the two husbands. We have seen uh, her. She has locks, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's my it. coach. She has a whole new paradigm of communication. And uh, this, she's been in this, this space of communication, relating, and uh, polyamory for like 20 years. So I took her course in conflict resolution. 
and it's it's changed my relationship. It, it, our relationship has changed how I communicate with partners, how how I communicate with my kids, how I communicate with my son, and he's only three years old. So it's like she's talking about con- conflict is a gift. It's really a gift when you know how to do it right, right? When you're not beating your your partner up for not being, you know, fulfilling all these, you know, checking all these boxes and meeting all these expectations that you might have. So that has been in the last, I guess, uh, six months we started that process and we do it every day. It's a whole process, it's not difficult, but it starts with just realizing that I, you, uh, the self, we create our own lives. We create every situation that we're in and life is happening for us and not to us. And things that ha- things that happen are not happening to us, right? We all have a different perspective and that communication style and the things that I'm coaching on, I mean, just revolutionized our relationship, how we communicate with each other. We don't stay mad at each other. You know, the whole don't go to bed angry type of deal. We can do that because we're really processing conflict in, in, a, in, in a way where we say is the right way. You know, the things that our elders were telling us, you know, those mm. those simple things. Don't go they to bed angry. Yeah, they you had know, heaviness in them. But they never said how. They never said they how. They never said how. Yeah. Right. So how that. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. So what does that look like for, for you guys? Like, what's the difference? Personally, they never say how. They never say how. We, 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 um, the first step is, 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 is called the venting process, where you set a container for, um, for conflict. Now, instead of rushing in the house and saying, I'm mad about this thing, what I'm saying is, babe, can you hold space for me to vent something that's on my heart? I'm asking permission, right? I'm, I'm, I'm asking her to set space for me. I'm telling her what level I, hey, I'm at a level five of anger. Right. Can you hold space for me? And she agrees to hold that space for me. I let her have it. I give everything I have. She doesn't say one word. And at the end of that, she just says, thank you. How can I support you? And if she doesn't, if she's like, I don't have it. If she doesn't, she's like, I don't have it right now. Then I either wait till she does or I vent to someone else. Because I still got I still got what, you know, if she says, you know what? Uh, the, the boy needs to be fed. Let's put him to bed and then I can hold space for you. Right. I'm, I'm not coming at her okay. with all the anger because if okay. I come at her with walking the door and say, I'm mad, the boy still needs to be put to bed. Right. She had a long day. I had a long day. Now she's mad at the fact that I'm not respecting that she's busy. Right. So now right. we got anger on top of anger, but now she holds that space for me. Now she's calm. She knows that it's coming. She knows that I have a lot on my heart. She can receive it. And at the end of the day, and this is for everybody, what you want, what we want out of an argument or event, we just want to feel better. We don't expect that that thing that we want to happen is going to happen in the second that you express yourself, right? You know, you didn't wash the dishes. Well, the dishes are not going to be washed in the next two minutes that you're angry. But what we want is to feel heard and to feel better after we get that off our chest. So once she says, how can I soothe you? I have a list of things she can soothe me with, touch. Uh, she can uh, repeat what I said. She can simulate something for me. We, we're making agreements to, to, to feel better. Cause at the end of the day- And love language. I just want to feel better. I want to know that I'm heard 
And I just want to feel better. So wait, so y'all have the tools now. Y'all have the tools now. However, when the polyamory conversation was introduced between you guys, the tools weren't necessarily there. So tell us, I just, I really want y'all to tell the story about how this first came up in conversation. We have a, a difference of opinion on how it initially came up. I said that we were laying in the bed and, you know, I brought it up to him. He says that, we were actually in conflict when it happened. So I'll let him tell that part. Oh, I had a sweeter version, but... Ooh. Hold up. Let me get hold on, Let me get my tea. The, the real version is a combination of the two. Where, where it started was, you know, we're in our sec- third year of marriage and we just started questioning stuff. Like, 40 years? Right? <laughs> like, the <laughs> same thing? Time. Right? Yeah, forever, ever. Like, we just kept coming up with questions like, why? My main question is, why hasn't marriage evolved from the first marriage? Like, it's the same thing. If you say I'm married, and, and assuming you're heterosexual, and what, if you and say, hold on, this is very Eurocentric. What's the first marriage? No, no, no. no that, what, this, what is first marriage? This, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is exactly what I'm saying. This is exactly what I'm saying. According uh, to our Western way of thinking, right, if right. you say I'm married, it means one thing. Yeah, for sure. If you're a woman, that you're married to a man and that you're monogamous. That's it. There's no, Mm -hmm. the vows are the same. Like if you say vows, you, you know, you know, for good or for bad, blah, 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 blah. You know, it means one thing. And the conversation that came, kept coming up for us was like, why can't it be a little different? Why, why can't I have female friends when I'm in a monogamous relationship? Because generally when you get married and Mickey will tell you, she lost some male friends because she just assumed that she just had to get rid of them. Because she was married now. Y'all weren't always thinking like this. How do I know? Because I was friends with Raheem. So I'm like, no, it was a process. Yeah. Yeah. So back to what I was saying, we just start having conversations and like yeah. little jokes over a course of a year where we're just like, you know what? This is going to be different. Like we need to choose each other every single day as opposed to thinking 30 years from now, because we don't know who we're going to be next week. Yeah. And to think 30 years from now that I'm going to love you the same. I'm going to need you the same. I'm going to want you the same. And, you know, in 30 years, it was just nuts to me. And we just said, you know, let's do this every single day. Now, where the conflict came in, my version is that we were in a fight and she, uh, you know, I wasn't listening. I was a dumb boy. And she said, you know what? Fuck it. We pile it. And now we got to put that on a T-shirt because people like Fuck it. We pile We poly. Fuck it. We pile it. That's actually really kind of cool. Have a sweeter version, so we're trying to combine those versions. I think. But, no, um, I personally like the I like the Mickey the, is a G too. version. I like yeah, that. Yeah, fuck it, we poly, and then Mickey <laughs> Bay right here. Yeah. Mickey <laughs> Bay. It's a quote. And what? And what? Across your stomach. <laughs> and then the next day, we were like, you know, and this was like during COVID, so we weren't like poly, poly, but we were open to the idea of like really trying to have friendships and partnerships and seeing what that really looked like and seeing how we felt to doing all that stuff. And, um, it, we, we settled into it and then we moved to Atlanta afterwards. So it wait, just, no, 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 you going fast because you got to establish like, okay, Mickey Bay say, fuck it. We poly. What does that mean to Mickey Bay and Raheem? We could do this. Do I meet the person? Like, how do you, what's the way? We went all it? the way in. We went all the way in. I think yeah. when that happened, we were both like on dating sites the next day. You know, so 
it was pretty much like we move fast. I know, right? We got yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we get so, that about y'all. We love so that. We were on dating sites separately. Separately, correct. So we we do not date together. There are some couples who do, but we decided that we wanted to date separately. And at that time, I mean, I have a, a different awareness now that I didn't have when I was asking for the open marriage. I was really questioning a lot about my sexuality at that time. And I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that we had a terrible mismatch in his sex drive and my sex drive. And it was really, really painful for me to feel like I could not provide the level of intimacy that my husband really wanted for me. And I tried. And then it just got worse after the baby, right? So. I was really struggling trying to find a way to keep my marriage because I love him and we're great together. But this one piece was not there for us. Right. It just was not. And I didn't have the awareness then that I have now. Now I know that I'm on the asexual spectrum and that has really been so clarifying to me. And I'm so glad I didn't wait to figure that piece out before we opened our marriage, because who knows if we wouldn't have even made it this far. Right. So I think just our willingness to take into account the people who are actually in the marriage versus the marriage as Mm. the the main thing. I see him as an individual whom I'm married to. He still gets to be who he is and I still get to be who I am. And for me, being poly is more so about the freedom of it. And especially as a black woman, I just feel like it's so revolutionary to be able to say I get to decide who, what, when, where, even though I'm a married woman. No one gets to decide that for me because I am an adult and I get to decide how I relate to any other adult. And that is not something I'm willing to advocate just because I'm married. Girl, you just blew the child. You just blew the wigs off. She did. You just blew the wigs off. You just blew the wigs off many, many a person just now. Still people listening right now, like, well, God damn, am I a child? I, I feel like what's interesting and actually really needed is this idea that a person can be married and have a conversation with their mate that is strictly about who they are as a person and how to live the life that they want to live specifically about that. Because I think that's not really what happens. People get married and it's like every conversation that you have has to be about us, has to be about the group. What's good for the group? And so and I mean, and that's just the way that it goes. But I think that 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 kind of shifting of culture around like, well, no, the marriage is also a place to talk about (laughs) and always has been. That's the funny part is that basically what y'all are actually saying is that marriage was never not that. It was just not that because you decided it was not that. Mm-hmm. You was mm-hmm. not, it was not that because everybody told you it was not that and you just went on ahead with it and never questioned it, never did anything else and then may have lost out on somebody who you really could have had a good life with because they didn't fit into that, into that box. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Some people say that um, that marriage is like the death of yourself. And I thought that was the saddest thing I've ever heard. I I mean, I I totally believe in marriage. So, you know, even though I have been divorced twice, um, I don't even count that. I don't even count it. (laughs) If you don't, we won't. It's fine. If you don't acknowledge Mm -hmm. it, we won't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that I don't acknowledge it because definitely, you know, what you learn about yourself is that you can make some dumb decisions for reasons that um, the, the society has put on you or uh, a reason for, you, you know, your grandma. My grandma was like, you mm-hmm. ain't living with that man without getting married. <laughs> without getting married. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to get married. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just saying that um, it's so mature. God. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting there like, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed with the and to jump there without the tools first either. So it's not like y'all had the tools and then y'all ended up there. Y'all just took a chance and then decided to grow in it. We did. To grow in it? Whoa. The other side of it though, Mickey, as, as you have just did all the work on yourself, my question is after you've decided that you're brave enough and you have uh, the right partner that you can express all this to, what about when your partner actually starts enjoying the company of other women and you know, some people say it's the sex, but a lot of times it, but polyamory is not about just the sex. It's like, I am enjoying this person. So like the confidence that it takes for another woman or man, because I feel like with Raheem, y'all are equals in this. Like as a man, having another man uh, enjoy your wife, uh, not just sexually, but intellectually, emotionally, like it takes a certain kind of confidence in persons to get there. And that's to me a whole nother step from what you just said. Like, how do you do that? Well, I think the the thing that is really necessary is to realize you do not own that person. That that person still should be able to decide how they are interacting with someone. And I think what men especially get really tripped up on is that's my woman. 
right? And mm. if anyone defiles my woman, I mean, you should see the interwebs. Beyonce's <laughs> internet is going crazy telling him about Girl, how I'm defile. Soiled. Okay, uh. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm soiled. I'm all oh. kinds of, you know, everything. I'm like, y'all totally oh. missed the asexual part. But anyways, um, but the thing about it is, the thing about it is, I think that when you start to really look at the person as their own entity and what is going to make that person happy. I am committed to his happiness, whether it involves me or not. And I want for him to enjoy the time that he is away from myself, away from his family. I do not expect that he is going out in the world and coming back stressed. I want him to be coming back happy, right? I want him to enjoy his time with whomever he's with, whether it's a woman, whether it's an old friend, whoever it is, because I'm not concerned that he's going to walk in the door and and pack his bags and leave. I know that if that were to happen, I would have known well before he gets to the point of packing a bag because we talk. We have that openness between us that he could tell me, you know what, I'm thinking that I want to be over here and this is what I want to do. And I would say, if he ever decided that, if that is what is going to make him happy, I am 100% for it. And I get that that does not sound like a married person talking like that. But ultimately, why would I want to be in a marriage with someone who doesn't want to be here? So why is that even a fear? It's an irrational fear to even, to even have that in the first place. Because do you really want to hang on to someone who's saying, I want to be over here? And in our marriage, and we've been through many different seasons um, in these past few years that we've been poly, I had fallen in love with someone and it was very, very difficult on both ends. It was difficult for me to have strong feelings for someone else. So being poly means that you have the capability to have more than one loving relationship. That is the definition. So yes, the expectation for us is that we are treating all of our partners with love. I expect that he's going to love the women that he's with. As a matter of fact, I make sure they get the treatment they're supposed to get. What that mean? What that mean, Mickey Bay? Well, it means that, for instance, he has he has a partner whose birthday is coming up. Right? I'm like, well, what you getting her for her birthday? Oh, wow. What are you gonna do? Did you and they had a little spat, and I said, you need to work it out. Go use your tools, right? You're so mature. So, I mean, well, I don't know. Some actually, some of this does sound slightly familiar because I do know people who are involved in polygamy, and so sometimes, uh, right, they right, 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 tools. Yeah. Um, you know, it is not nearly as equitable. You know what I'm saying? But but that's coming from a mono lens. It is exactly. It is equitable because the women are actually choosing that relationship dynamic. They're actually choosing that. Right. They're actually making that choice, True. except for in situations where they feel like they have to do it under duress, where it's like economic right. or whatever the case may be. So in some instances, it's not quite equitable equitable but in theory yes and there are some people participate in it and it is very equitable but but yeah I mean yeah I mean I, I hear I've heard these kinds of tools being used in that instance as well just like this is just high level communication and we talked about this before we got on with you guys that it's like if you don't have a very strong constitution between the two people and that those people are willing to make sure that that is important to them 
then, you know, then you cannot exist in this. And this is really like high level communication. And high level honesty as well. And can I just say this? I feel ashamed. I'm sorry, Laia, I love you. I'm ashamed that the way that we, I'm thinking and I'm ashamed at the way that we describe our relationships with each other. Number one, that we would assume that sex means defilement. That's just sad. And that too, and that and that everything, everything that we expect to connect with people is, um, is only sexual. And the third thing that really kind of made me sad was the idea that um, the possession of each other it is funny because I, I have said my man and my husband a million times. He is my husband, but you understand what I'm saying? Like the possession aspect of it, I'm not sure if I really focused in on how toxic that type of language is, even if you're monogamous. That is just, that's, that's a that problem. Western ideology. That's you know, a problem. That is a problem and it feeds and festers a thing that I'm no longer interested in doing. So come on, I'm Asia, with the white supremacy. Come on. We don't because we don't mess with the white supremacy up in here. We stomp it. We smash it. It's funny is I actually when I'm describing my wife, I actually try to say my wife as little as possible. I try to address her by her name anytime I'm talking about her because we have slowly moved away from those Western frames of thought and relationship. Like I, I literally do that consciously where I'm like, I'm, I'm, if I'm talking about Mickey, I'm talking about Mickey. Even if you don't know my wife, I'll say Mickey, that's my wife. You know, something like that, mm-hmm. where I'm describing who this person is. Because like she said, we, we have our own thing. We are individuals in this, in this relationship. Okay. This is a lot. This is too much. I got a question here. Um, <laughs> I, I I think that when you hear or when we hear polyamorous, you think that that you know it, it's so great for the for the male. You know, he could just go out in the world and smash smash the world, and then come home to a, a loving family. And it, I would like to ask you, Raheem, what do you feel are the benefits for Mickey Bay? Mm-hmm. How does this benefit from your perspective? I'm sure she can absolutely answer. And she did. How? Well, to a certain degree. But, you know, how do you feel it, it benefits your partner that you love? Well, one, let me get back to the practicality of what it really looks like for me to be Polly. And, we, and, and Mickey and I just had this conversation the other day where I was like, yeah, I have the capability and the opportunity to have partners and stuff, but it's not super practical. Like, it's not practical to be out five nights a week with different partners or even one partner just because I can. Right. So, you know, I have a capacity, you know, I have a capacity. I can't, you know, just be hollering at everybody and having sex with everybody. So that, that's a misconception that we talked about the sex part of it like that. That's not reality. Right. If I'm able to see one person every other week, I'm lucky just because life be life. Right. Um, uh, Life. And then I like my own personal time. I like time with my family. So it leaves very little time for to 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 really be fruitful in this. Right. Um, But it's the the freedom, the the freedom of mind that I can do it. Um, But to answer your question, I think the benefit, like she said, like Mickey said, I think the benefit of it is to know that. We, we talk a lot about checking every single box for your partner. Like, I think for me and hopefully for Mickey is that she doesn't she doesn't have to do that. 
she doesn't have to fulfill every single desire that I have. And I'm not even talking about sexual. I'm talking about if I want to go, my, my wife's not a hiker, right? But I like the outdoors. I like to be out there having fun. I'm on my bike. I like to do all these things. Like I, Unless I got a homeboy that wants to do that with me, I can choose to have a, a female friend that does that with me. And like she said, I can come back fulfilled and the things that my wife does do for me, we can focus on what we're good at. Raising our families, starting businesses, loving on each other in the way that we want to love on each other without me having to fill this box that might be uh, difficult for me or difficult for her, mm -hmm. right? We release each other from the things that we're not good at together. You know, we re it's a release because again, Western, Western law tells us that your mate has to check all, all of the boxes, the boxes. Yeah. every mm -hmm. single one. And not only today, but forever. And I tell it, it is a insane proposition, right? Forever. Yeah. That's what we tell in the vows. Forever and yeah. ever. Man. Now, say you get married at 25 and you love your spouse, right? You're talking about to 70, 80 years old. I got to check every single box for you, right? Did you forget that I got married when I was 19 and you on the phone with somebody that been together for 25 years this September? Hey. No, he, I'm happy he feel free to tell his truth. I mean, you gotta, I, no, I'm just saying like, I, I'm like, I hear you. Like, that's you. crazy. Yeah. And I, now, one single person that's been married multiple decades ain't had that conversation. No, I'm yeah. serious. Yeah. To be able to release each other from that, from every single thing, you say, you know what? These are our five things. Let's make sure we go hard with these five, whatever, whatever number we determine. But let's go hard with these things. Like we have our date night, date day, whatever can't be broken. This is what we do on this particular day. Right. This is what we do. We got a schedule for our son. You know, we take, you know, we have lunch, you know, a couple of times a week. We have a date night. We figure things out. We're doing this now. We're speaking out more. So now this is a part of our life. Right. So. It, it really the release of being able to say, you know what, that's that's not on my Mickey list. I ain't got to worry about that. But we're <laughs> focused on the things that we're good at together. And, you know, one of those things is like raising our family and like being in real communion with each other. We'll talk about that. It's your internal world. The thing is, we got on this podcast to talk about polyamory. But I think you guys have done a lot more to give relationships tools, all kinds of relationships tools that they can use. Because here, here. This, this, this conversation has really been at its core about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and, that's the point. And, and that right there, I don't want that to get lost on people. Like, if you listen to this podcast, if you're at this point in the podcast and you ain't got a jewel yet, I mm. just, I don't even know. Come on. Can we be, are we friends for real? Are we, to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people jump to the conclusion. I remember years ago, I was on um, um, Twitter and I, I was asking how people felt about being in a, it, I guess it's polyamory. No, I don't think so. When you have more than one, one spouse. Polygamy. 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 And I was asking what they felt about it. And all of a sudden, it was a rain shower of, no, Jill, you can't do that, Jill. I didn't think you thought so less of yourself, Jill. <laughs> I, was about, I was like, I wasn't it. even presenting it. it for myself. I just wanted to hear their thoughts. You just get, don't you get so, sad for people 
because y'all are enlightened and that's just people and saddened in their little boxes of tradition. And they think you know that, that this relationship or a relationship like yours is about some freak shit. Right. And they it's, do. it's the furthest. Yeah. And you know what? I think I think it's it's a matter of perspective. And I say this every time I have this conversation because black people are familiar with this. We were just unethical. You had a grandfather, an uncle, or somebody who had a whole family across the town. We all knew it. You didn't talk yep. about it. Your grandmother knew exactly she that did. the you know what I'm saying? My so grandmother like, was in a relationship. Oh my God. Yes. No, but <laughs> let's oh. not act like we don't know how to do this as a community. We absolutely do. The only thing that is different is that everyone is consenting to this. My grandmother didn't consent, right? She she accepted, but she didn't consent. And I'm not saying my actual grandmother for all my family listen, right? But um, I was just saying, like, for, for women generations ago who were in marriages that it was understood as long as she don't call my house and she see me and she crossed the street, we're all good. So let's not act like this has not been a part of what our cultural fabric is, okay? And if you take a look at even the celebrities who are going through very public, nasty, um, you know, cheating allegations and all kinds of stuff, what could this do for you to not have to break up your whole entire family if you just felt like you could go to your partner and say, hey, I'm feeling like this. And I would, I would like, because you know what, there are all types of, of situations in marriages. There are people who are, um, you know, having hall passes once a year. If you go to Brazil, you do what you do. Long as you don't bring me no disease. Dominican Republic, if you ain't got as much money. Okay, Dominican Republic. There are people who are having threesomes. That is also ethical non-monogamy. They don't want to call it that, but threesomes are a part of uh, underneath the umbrella because you're all consenting to this, right? So mm -hmm. there are a lot of different ways in which you can be open relating, but the key word is consensual non-monogamy, right? And also, I want to ask answer Jill's question. Um, about how does this benefit me? And on a larger scale, how does it benefit women? So for me, polyamory has been the biggest teacher for me about who I am. And it has peeled that onion back about who I am because you are forced to deal with your own insecurities. You are forced to deal with your triggers. You are forced to deal with all of those things that you don't necessarily want to have to say. But in this situation, I have to actually verbalize what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking or else everything will crumble. So I have had to not have to, I can't have an internal monologue about this. I have to bring it to him. I have to be able to say, hey, babe, I'm feeling jealous. Hey, babe, I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough time. Hey, babe, I feel like I need you to rub my feet tonight. Hey, babe, whatever it is. And it has taught me to have a voice about what I need and what I don't need as well. Because in my case, like I said, with this asexuality thing, which we are still very much figuring out what that means for me. I am demisexual. I am gray sexual. I am fray sexual, which to sum it up, um, it means I need a emotional connection to even think about sex. It means that I may have spikes in desire or attraction that may be years apart, right? I was able to I was able to be celibate for years and not even think about it. And I didn't I didn't realize that, that was not something that people can do, 
right? I've always been able to do that. I don't have sexual thoughts and desires in my brain, right? So a lot of my friends will tell me, oh, we're, we're fantasizing during the day. And I'm like, really? Like that was news to me. So you don't even masturbate so, then, right? Is asexual mean you don't even masturbate? No. So, so that's a big misconception. So asexuality is a huge spectrum. And where uh-huh. I fall, it doesn't mean I don't have any desire. It doesn't mean I don't have any dis- any attraction, but it is like this, it's up and down, it's up and down. And I can't solve for what is going to make me attracted. And I cannot solve for what's going to give me desire. Oh, wow. Right. That would mean Raheem would have to be not deeply not take that personal. So like before knowing that you were on the spectrum, it could come across as my wife's not attracted to me or Mm -hmm. she can go long periods of time without wanting Mm -hmm. to sleep with me. Mm -hmm. And he could take that personally and And internalize it. Understood. We went through that. And I think that right there, even black women understanding that they could even be on that spectrum is huge. Because I can imagine, you know, one of the things that people come to us all the time about, oh, I feel like I was in a loveless marriage or a sexless marriage. Now I'm thinking back on so many of the people who have said that and thought, wow, had they known that that was a possibility, that that's who they could have said, who they were. I mean, my mind is like blown because a lot of the the, the issues that married people talk about are interwoven and folded into the conversation that you're talking about. Not saying that they were all polyamorous exactly. or that that would have, you know, that would have solved, solved it. it. Yeah. Not saying that, just saying that it really kind of circles back to what y'all were saying in the very beginning, which was like, this is about you understanding your options that you as black people can relate to one another in multiple ways. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. More conversation after the break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. (laughs) 
Real quick question. When did you guys, because uh, Raheem talked about his daughters who are of a certain age and you guys been together, you said it was five, seven, uh-huh. how long? Seven, seven years now. So when you guys got together, how old were the girls? They, they were- turned 14. Yeah. Okay. So they'll be 21 this year. So at what point or have you thought that you needed to have this conversation? I know you have, but I'm for the, for the radio. At what point uh, did you need, did you think that you needed to have this conversation and how did you do that? Um, well, it was what, just a couple years ago that we uh-huh. told him, um, we were, we were visiting. Actually, did we tell them when you were? We did. We I, told them. It was so. a couple years ago. But I, I, I told them, I, I thought it was important to tell them because one of my daughters, um, told us maybe five years ago that she thought she was, um, bisexual and for a 15 year old to, to be that open, we've always had that relationship. But for, to, just to be that open, and it was really the matter of fact, hey, dad, guess what? Like, mm. it was really just, oh, that's just like that. So just that because they had that openness with, with me and with us, I just thought that it was important to um, to make sure that, you know, we, we, we told them what our lifestyle was like, especially they were older, you know, so they were about, what, 18 mm. um, when we told them. So, but they were, I mean, sometimes my, my, one of my daughters might ask, are you dating? Who you dating? You know what I mean? They haven't met anybody, but they, they ask questions about it. Yeah, I know people wonder. Yeah. That is incredible to, to be, you know, a child growing into, you know, womanhood and, and being able to, first of all, speak to her father, you know, about Ooh. that. Uh-huh. Yes. Black daddy. As daddy. Raheem, how, old are you how old are you? I am 44. To her black Gen X daddy. Yeah. 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 And then Amazing. the stepmama, and then my stepmama, if 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 I need something else, she gonna carry, she gonna bring it to me. Let me know. Like break it down in ways that I can understand. Like that's yeah, they were, you know, I was so happy that they took it the way that they did. And it really gave us they were the first people to know, really. Um Aww. when it comes to who we who we told in the family. They were the first family members to know. And I think about that all the time, that at least they know that you do not have to default to monogamy if you don't so choose. I was monogamous happily for four years of our marriage. Right. But I knew that ultimately this was not going to work because I had some things going on on the inside of me that I didn't have all the information about yet. But I knew something was off. Right. And so I think what my main message to people is it may not be poly. Poly may not be the thing that's for you, but design your life and your marriages, your relationships to fit the people who are in it and Mm. be willing, be willing to think outside of the box to get everything that you need. Right. Because your happiness is your responsibility. That is not something I can outsource to anyone, partner, husband, anybody. I have to make sure that I'm happy within myself first. And I think that is what goes into um, what Jill said earlier about people being in miserable marriages. Well, you're a miserable person. So if you're a miserable person, you're going to be in a miserable marriage too. So Mm. you're going to have to do your own inner work. You're going to have to stop making it the other person's problem and look at yourself. Look at yourself because I truly believe that anyone can make any relationship work. And the reason why I say that is because You guys know we didn't, we were complete strangers. We were basically 90 day fiance. There is no reason we have outlasted people who were together 10 years and got married and stayed married a year. 
Tara. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want y'all to pull out y'all's favorite Nini meme right now. <laughs> A boop. <laughs> I said what I said. I said what I said. I said what I said. Yes. So, I mean, there has to be something, there has to be something to it. And I think Raheem said it best, which is we choose each other every day. My expectation is not that he's perfect, it's that he's present. My expectation for myself is that I show up as myself in every single setting. And I have to do that first for myself and then for my for my my partner, my person that I'm with and sharing life with. And this is ultimately because I want to be a really good example for our kids that you do get to design your life. You get to be, do or have anything that you want. And that includes marriage, no marriage, multiple marriages, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, can I just add, I'm sorry, I was just, I, I was looking at my text with me and Raheem real quick. And I just wanted to mention this because um, Mickey Bay talked about her manifestations and things that led to her finding her husband. And as Raheem was telling his story, he may not have admitted to this or maybe he forgot. But before he started really knowing with the manifestation, he was manifesting you. And it's so interesting to see this circle back as his friend sitting there, listening to him tell me exactly what he wanted in his wife. And we're like looking at her. Like, this is a man who said, like, we would sit down like, here. Yeah, this is what I want. I'm a, I am I want it. I have to have it. This is, I'm just so proud. I'm just so proud of y'all. Like, he is a master manifester. Uh, and, I, yeah. and, he, and he did not, he did not say this, but one of the very sweet things that he did, we had one conversation before we went to breakfast that next day. And he wrote in his notes that I think I found my wife. Her name is Mickey Bay. And I will only change this note if something changes. But he said that before we even met. So he in his spirit also knew. And this is why I do what I do, because I truly believe that anybody can have love if they really look in themselves and say, you know what? I believe that I can attract the love that I want. And he did that. And I did that as well. Yes. Listen, let's let's put some applause up. Mm. I mean, mm. I'm proud. Mm. Listen. Listen. I'm just saying. Mm. Mm. I, I have one more question. Um, because this is I'm taking notes and everything. Like this is great. Okay, this is good shit. Yes. I mean, um, one more question. Since you two have been really public, um, about your your relationship. How do you deal with the people that are coming with the with the you know the confusion and the judgment and the the whole vitriol of it all? How are you, how are you dealing with that? Well, it's funny, Mickey. Just just the other day, said, "Look, I'm used to some of this stuff. I've done some limelight stuff, and I'm used to a little bit of hate. You're new to it." And I said, you know what? I don't mind because I know what the truth is, right? I know what the truth is. Like, I know what my relationship is is based on. And I actually find the comments funny. I mean, I'll, I'll go back and forth with you too because at the end of the day, I want to educate you. Like, I want to educate you. I expect you to be a naysayer. I expect you not to understand, right? So I literally just, oh, oh, word, that's how you feel? Well, how about this? How about you think about it this way? Like, I'm I'm all about shifting the conversation. Somebody on Instagram was saying how I'm going to divorce my wife after, you know, I realized that she's been with another man and 
that, 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 that. And he did this tour. And once I think about it, I'm going to want to divorce. I'm like, bro, we've been in this for almost three years, bro. We've, we've been seeing all the different iterations of her being in love, her being having a breakup, me having a breakup and having to, to, to nurture her after she stopped seeing somebody and vice versa. Like we've seen it all. We talk about the emotions that goes into what, what how I feel about how she's feeling outside the house. Like we've done all that. So I'm already able to steer conversations of people who would, you know, like you said, the vitriol. I'm able to steer those conversations into some kind of education. And by the time I get to the education point, it was like, well, it's not a thing. I get that so much where they're just like, well, I'm not trying to argue. Well, neither am I. I'm trying to educate. Like I'm all about educating people because like Mickey said at the beginning, people do not even know that this is an option. And you go 40 years, an unmarried person go 40 years, knowing a relationship supposed to be one thing. And then we come with the curveball and it's like, oh no, that ain't how it's supposed to go. Cause that's not what my mama did. That's yeah, not what my it's the resentment did. of being able, of having to think, of having to think critically about your life situation. Yeah, absolutely. It is, is the people resent the fact that they have not been able to get to that point themselves mm-hmm. and they take it personally when mm-hmm. it's just a moment. It's a moment to release yourself from that. It's a moment mm-hmm. to learn. And one thing I've learned in 2022 was that it's a difficult thing for people to learn. Mm-hmm. And the other part is we're getting, I get just in, uh, the same amount of people who saying, how can I have this conversation with my spouse? Like, whoa, you like we've done what, like five podcasts or lives in the last week. And I'm getting people saying, yo, I thought I was abnormal for for thinking that I could have a different relationship. Monogamy is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I have this question because we we went out of time. But but we talked about this earlier. And I got to ask you before we go, what would you say or how is it? Or do you have the ability to like weed out? When you're talking to other men and it feels like their intention towards polyamory could be a little predatory. Like mm. how do you Oh, that's are, all the time. Say yes. Oh my gosh. So this is something that is very different on my end. So men typically do not care that I'm married, right? So I can meet a monogamous in quotes man who I tell I'm polyamorous and I'm married and they don't care. They're like, whatever, I still want to date you, right? Well, the problem comes in with your monogamous thinking because at some point, like while you don't know me and you don't have any feelings for me, it's cool. But the minute you start to catch feelings, then you're going to be like, well, I need to see you this day. Oh, I can't. I got something going on, you know, at my house with my son, with my husband, whatever. And they cannot take it. So I have steered away and I have literally like cut off people because they just don't have the mindset to be able to um, be really a part of this because we really pride ourselves on community and we want people, our partners, we want these people to be a part of our family, right? Even if it's peripheral, we don't want people bringing a certain type of energy to our household and to each other, right? And so I think both of us have been really good about making sure that we're choosing people who fit with our energy and understand our values and what we're trying to do here. I always say the women that I have met that Raheem has dated, I would be friends with all of them. And some of them I do have friendships with because they are dope women. And when we did our live, I had one of my friends on there like, please give my give your husband my number, right? I mean, there are 
People are, oh. they're looking for, okay. I know, I know. I, 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 <laughs> she said something, something happens. about that. It, it tickled it the back it of my back. It, it did. I know, but it happens. And I think that the more we are having these types of conversations, I welcome people to ask questions and to figure out, you know, if this could be something that is right for them or not. I love monogamy. I don't think anything's wrong with monogamy. I just think that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Oh, there it is. And there it is. <laughs> to skin a cat. Go girl. Mm-hmm. I, like Child, I, I used to say back in the day that, you know, if I could afford it, why can't I have more than one husband? There you go. Ooh. Ooh, well, you if I could can. afford it, you know what I mean? Listen, Jill, one of the things I always say to people is if you had just like you said, if you had all the money that you that you that you needed, you would I'm, have more than and, one house. And money. You know, more than one house, more than one pair of shoes, more than one car, more than one everything. But when it comes to relationships, (laughs) it just (laughs) don't make us feel silly. That don't do that. No, 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 I'm just saying. Literally. I, mean, just, you know, I feel judged. I personally feel judged. Hey, I know you're right. <laughs> so you think you're better than me? So you think you're better than me? Uh, all right. Only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> all I can say about that is that I changed my perspective when I found the person. Um, I how, Do I know that in, in 10 years it'll be the same? I, I don't know that. But currently... I'm enjoying my monogamy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really believe that sincerely it is to each his or her own. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to J.Ill, the podcast. This has been eye opening. Mm-hmm. We are having conversation to spark conversation and action. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, Thank ma'am. you. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hey listeners, it's Amber, your producer here. I hope this episode sparks some conversations and broadens your perspectives. My favorite takeaway from this one was that we have choices. We have choices, y'all. We can evolve in whatever ways feel good to us. We are not a monolith confined to one way of being, one way of loving, or having a family. And if you want to explore the polyamorous lifestyle more in depth, Mickey and Raheem recommend two books. One, The Ethical Slut. What a title. This guide helps you navigate the infinite possibilities that open relationships can offer. And two, the book is called More Than Two, A Practical Guide to Ethical Polyamory. Now, this book dives into the history of non-monogamy and the joys and very real challenges of navigating modern polyamory. Love is love is love is love. Above all, no matter what lifestyle you prescribe to, I hope that your love is safe, deeply nourishing, and abundant. Love you. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Hi, if you have comments on something we said in this episode, call 866-HEY-JILL. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866-439-5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents J.Ill, the podcast. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.